When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I wanna tell you all about our sponsor, Whoop. Life can be stressful. We're all impacted by stress differently though, from what we do at work, how we train, and our lives at home, we're constantly exerting ourselves. And oftentimes, we only think about what we do to stay fit and how we eat, but we overlook the importance of sleep in all of this. Tomorrow's best work though is done by night, and our sponsor, Whoop, is a fitness tracker strap with an incredible app that helps monitor your sleep. Whoop provides the personalized insights to make smarter performance habits from your sleep. Whoop tracks all things sleep, from your sleep cycles, stages, disturbances, and efficiency. Based on how strenuous your day is, Whoop will provide suggested sleep times so your body is able to get the rest it needs to recover. Whoop also automatically tracks workouts so you can focus on your training. Whoop has a built-in app that's amazing, and it has this cool feature that allows you to track your strain from training in real time, monitor your calories burned, heart rate, and what zone your heart is in. The Whoop Strap 3.0 has five-day battery life and on-the-go charging, so you never need to take it off, and it's even waterproof. You can also sync your heart rate to compatible treadmills, bikes, and rowers, and the Whoop membership service provides a fitness tracker for free and gives members access to their app, which provides personalized insight into recovery, strain, and sleep. If you're looking to be smarter about how you sleep, recover, and train so you can be at your best, you have to get Whoop. Whoop is offering 15% off to our audience when you go to whoop.com and use the code IT at checkout. That's W-H-O-O-P.com and use the code IT at checkout to save 15% off your order. Unlock your best self today with Whoop. All right, guys, try this one out. Take care and be legendary. Hey, everybody. It's time to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, ButcherBox. As many of you guys know, I am quite fanatical about my diet and health, and Lisa is probably even more invested in a healthy diet than I am because of what she's gone through with her digestion. It's been insane. I always used to believe that a steak was just a steak, and it didn't matter what the animal ate, but let me tell you right now, I was absolutely wrong about that. It does matter. It matters quite a lot. And for somebody like my wife that has painful gut issues, it can really be the difference between an amazing meal and a problematic meal. She can absolutely tell the difference in the way that she feels from beef that is grass-fed versus grain-fed. ButcherBox gets our seal of approval. And besides that, her gut gives it its highest recommendation as well. ButcherBox is creating a healthier food system where everyone has access to meat the way that nature intended. Each box comes with at least nine to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual sized meals. Their boxes start at just $129 per month, which is less than six 
$8 per meal. You can choose from four curated boxes or customize your own box so that you can get exactly what you want from their selection of high-quality grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, or wild Alaskan salmon. The meat is frozen at the peak freshness in individual vacuum-sealed packs. Their website is super easy to use. It's simple to order exactly what you want, and shipping is free and convenient. There's no commitment, and you can cancel at Anytime, my friends. Right now, you can get $10 off your box by going to butcherbox.com slash impact or just enter the promo code impact at checkout. That's $10 off your box by going to butcherbox.com forward slash impact or just entering the promo code impact at checkout. All right, guys, give this one a shot. You know how I feel about ButcherBox. Take care and be legendary. You're listening to Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact, baby! Hey, everybody. Welcome to Impact Theory. Today's guest is Fran Drescher, the Emmy and Golden Globe-nominated actress who has had an extraordinary career that has spanned decades and covered everything from Broadway to the silver screen in such memorable film and television projects as Saturday Night Fever, The Nanny, and the film that defined my entire youth, UHF. She is also a cancer survivor, best-selling author, philanthropist, health advocate, and the star of the hilarious new sitcom, Indebted. Fran, welcome to the show. It is absolutely wonderful to have you here. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I, I really cannot start this show any other way than to say UHF is, quite frankly, the film I've seen more than any other film on the planet. Uh, so thank you for that. It was absolutely Oh, that's hilarious. so sweet. <laughs> you know, they recently wrote a book about Weird Al and his contribution to comedy. And uh, I wrote uh, a, uh, a lovely quote for him that's, I think, on the book jacket now. That's so cool. Yeah, that, uh, that movie, it's always funny because I was a film major, went to film school, took myself very seriously in film school. And people always ask, like, you know, what's your favorite movie or what movie have you seen the most? And my answer was always UHF. So uh, that was quite unusual in film school, but nonetheless true. So mine is always Annie Hall. <laughs> great choice. Great choice. Great movie. Absolutely fantastic. Your whole life has really been pretty crazy. In the beginning of Cancer Schmancer, you do this like rundown of what your life has been. Um, it's it's really pretty extraordinary. Um, going through some of the things you've dealt with, I think are really appropriate to what's happening right now, uh, with, um, you know, COVID-19 and everything is, is really pretty crazy. When you think about trauma and you think about building back from that, what's been your secret between the, um, the rape and then cancer and yet still being so, um, creatively putting out so much, how has your process been? overcoming that and building back? Um, you know, there's a couple of tools that I have come to rely on. Uh, first of all, there, a trust that wherever you are now is not permanent. Um, to also know that when you're in trauma, that it's not the time to make important life-changing decisions, but to trust people that you have come to trust in your life who truly love you, help guide you because uh, they're not in trauma. So they're probably thinking more clearly than you. 
um, to get help because uh, you need to have a trained ear to help walk you through your pain and find your way out the other side. And I think that um, turning your pain into purpose is very healing and somehow helps make sense out of the senseless. Writing about it, even if you don't become a best-selling author like myself, is very cathartic and uh, extremely helpful. And uh, there are, there's always somebody that can read your words and benefit by them or not. Even if it's just for your own benefit, it's very cathartic and helpful. And then to ask yourself, which is very Buddhist, and I am a, a, a Buddhist, or as I like to call myself, a Buju. <laughs> um, I think asking yourself, what, why is the universe presenting this to me now? And how can I learn from this experience on my journey of self-refinement? So when you pose the question in that way and you start to think to yourself, okay, well, why is this being presented to me? And what is it bringing up in me? And what do I need to see in myself? What is it forcing me to look at? How can I become better for it? And I can say from experience that, you know, even though uh, obviously nobody wants to have anything bad happen to them, I don't either, and I don't wish it on anybody, but one random Wednesday afternoon, life is going to bite you on the ass, and you're not going to expect it. It's going to be totally out of left field, and then it's going to possibly change forever your life. So whatever you thought your life was going to be isn't anymore. And it's going to take a little while for you to absorb this. You're going to kick and scream and say, why me, Lord? But at some point, you're going to have to play the hand that's been dealt you as elegantly and courageously as you possibly can, or you're going to become cemented in what was supposed to be and waste the rest of your life being bitter. And I don't think that's what you should do. It certainly wasn't my choice. My mom always used to say, you know, man plans and God laughs. And that's true because we, we don't have a crystal ball. Nobody knows what's going to happen five minutes from now, let alone the rest of our lives. So naively, we kind of make plans for the future. And that helps us to make some choices along the way. But when the plan that you've been playing doesn't work anymore, you have to plan a new play and play that one. And it's hard. You really have to shift gears. 
in a very big way takes a lot of strength and courage. But the deeper you go in the new direction that has been kind of dictated for you, other things happen, things you never imagined. You go to places you never thought possible. You turn into somebody you never imagined yourself to be. And you let the river carry you. You let life carry you. And along the way, you keep asking yourself, why is this being presented to me? How can I become a better person through this experience? What is it bringing up in me? What, is, what do I see in myself that I think I could improve? And that is the journey of life. It, you said something back there that I think is really interesting, which is that okay, you've got these plans, something happens, and now you have to change, but that change is hard. I've talked to a lot of people um, in my life that I feel like they, when they went through trauma, the trauma really came to define them. And I'd like to tease apart that, the hard part. What is it about that change is hard? And um, ultimately, we'll get to the Buddhism, but as far as I know, you didn't have those tools earlier in your life. So I'd be curious how you um, dealt with it in the early days versus how you deal with it now where you have a more um, robust toolkit. So when, when you first were assaulted, for instance, um, how, like, I've always wondered, how do people have fun again? Like, how do they be playful again? How did you not let that become part of your identity? Was that conscious? Were you going through therapy? Like, what, what was that sort of first tool bag grab that you went to? Uh, well, on night one, I, uh, grabbed a joint (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you know, I did start therapy. Um, I learned to trust the people that were advising me, even though I didn't agree with it. It didn't feel authentic to me. I wanted to leave town. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Like, what I wanted to move. I wanted to give up the business. I thought when I had a gun to my head, I wasn't thinking about the awards I didn't win or the parts I didn't play. I felt like I was living in a war zone. I wanted to move someplace that was on an island, maybe someplace more safe, smaller. And I would have gone like that week. But my manager and very dear friend, who was somewhat of a surrogate mother out here in L.A., um, said, you know, honey, I don't think you're in a position to make these kinds of life-changing decisions right now. And I think you should give it six months. And if in six months you feel like you want to go, then I'll help you pack. And I didn't want to say, I felt very, you know, like I was in danger and I was very on edge, but I knew that she loved me and I knew that she was very wise and I knew that I had been severely traumatized and was not maybe thinking clearly. So I, I listened to her, even though it went against the grain for me. And she was right within, you know, by six months, I was no longer talking. 
In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply thing about moving I was just thinking about moving on. Right. And that's, you know, the healthy transition to make. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I also moved in with friends. I didn't stay at my house. I was scared to stay at my house. So for like three months, I lived at a friend's, and uh, actually it was the Ackroyds. Peter, my husband, and myself moved in with them. And they were, you know, in a secure, gated home, um, and uh, we just felt safe not being alone because Peter and I were both, you know, like scared, and uh, we kept igniting each other's fear. If I'd get scared, he'd get scared. There was nobody between us to calm the other one down. Mm. So we needed to be with normal people who had not been through the trauma. Um, So that was another thing that I did. And then I got a movie and uh, I took it. It was a comedy. I didn't feel like being funny, but we needed the money. 
And uh, so I did it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was hard for me to um, go to work, to be in my dressing room. I mean, I was very fearful back then, especially right then. And that was when I started bringing my dog to most places with me. Because even if you have a small dog like your dog, uh, which was the breed I used to have, they are good watchdogs. See, now I have a watchdog. You know, I mean, when I had my Pomeranes, it would be like, they're great watchdogs, but now what? <laughs> you know? But now I have a dog who's like, you know, she's like part wolf. So uh, it's, she's a good watchdog, and she's a threatening-looking animal. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about that because... When you're um, violated like I was, um, that leaves its imprint on you. It never goes away completely. You get on with your life. And, you know, there was a wonderful play. I think it was called Down the Rabbit Hole. And... uh, there's a monologue in it, and they were talking about the death of a child. But it, anybody in the audience could relate because no one leaves this planet unscathed, and pain is pain. And uh, in this play, it, the, in the monologue, the woman said that at first you feel like you are buried beneath a huge, heavy boulder. And the weight of it is so overwhelming, you just can't endure it. But given time, you're able to kind of push the boulder off you just enough to see some sunlight. And then you're able to kind of climb out from under it and stand up. And then as time goes on, the boulder becomes like a brick in your pocket. You're not always aware of it, but sometimes you remember that there's this weight in your pocket and you're reminded. And that's the way you go on for the rest of your life with something that's profoundly, shockingly traumatizing and painful. Mm -hmm. The important thing is that pain will find its way in your body if you don't let it out. And my problem back then was that I didn't really, really explore the depths of despair that I was in. I kind of was still in that superwoman mode and I thought I needed to be strong and pick myself up and dust myself off, take the job, doing the movie, get on with my life. And I remember once I was in a restaurant and um, they... Uh, uh, I think it was a busboy or a server, uh, dropped a tray 
and it made a loud crashing noise, which obviously everyone in the restaurant noticed. But I leaped to my feet and screamed. Now, I didn't even, now, without even thinking about it, it was an absolutely primal response because the pain was so close to the surface that the loud noise just, uh, and everybody in the restaurant <laughs> looked at me <laughs> as I slinked back down into my chair. And um, over the years, I think that not really dealing with that pain, that fear, um, turned into poetically my uterine cancer yeah, that, because uh, I got a gynecologic cancer and after not dealing with the pain of a rape. I have to say that is, I've, I've heard you talk about that before. That is very weird. Um, well, it's, uh, you mean that I would get a gynecologic yeah, cancer? Yeah, specifically, right? So... But it's not weird. I mean, if you believe in Asian wisdom and medicine, uh, it's it's actually not weird at all. There, there are very specific kinds of traumas that seem to lodge themselves in certain parts of the body. That's really interesting. So I don't know how much you've explored um, the way that psychedelics and MDMA are being used with trauma recovery. It's something I'm really fascinated by. So the, the whole idea of trauma and the way that it defines people's lives are people I'm very close to um, that have really had basically all of their identity formed by early trauma. The number of people that are defined by their childhoods, I find absolutely terrifying. Um, and this notion of, okay, so you've been through a trauma and now what we're going to have you do is what you're talking about. You're going to revisit that trauma, but you're going to do it when you're on, let's say MDMA. So you've got MDMA, which is flooding your brain with serotonin. You're now, whether you want to be or not, no matter what you're thinking about, you're going to be feeling good. You're going to feel love and connectedness and all of the wonderful things that that sort of brain state brings. And now we're going to have you revisit your trauma. And what they find is certainly all of the sort of self-blame, all of the punishing myself, all of that begins to wash away. And people have, they're able to revisit this trauma with a sense of love and acceptance and compassion. And they're talking about, for people with intractable depression, PTSD, intractable anxiety, that a single treatment has a, an effective rate of something like 80 to 85%, um, which is really, really pretty extraordinary. One thing I wanted to ask you more about is when you talk about, um, I forget the exact word you use, like dealing with the pain, releasing the pain, letting it go, um, expressing it, what, one, that's what I want to understand. Like, how do you do that? What is the sort of physical manifestation? Um, if somebody has been through that sort of trauma, how can they let it go? Like, what is that process? Because if I step into a, so I know Eastern philosophy quite well. Um, I wouldn't call myself a Buddhist. I certainly don't understand it at that level, but um, I've studied it enough to understand this too shall pass and, and um, you know, clinging and suffering and, and all of that. And, and that I get, right? It's a contraction. It's pulling it in. It's holding on to it um, versus, you know, expanding and letting something go. How do you physically, as a process, process through the pain and release it? Well, first of all, you have to 
sit, get comfortable sitting with pain. You can't numb yourself from your pain. You can't anesthetize yourself from your pain. You have to sit in pain. Um, and that's a very difficult thing to do because, as I said, the first thing I did when I was raped at 25 was grab a joint. Today, you know, I wouldn't do that because I understand that I have to feel my feelings. And I went to a very good, a really serious older woman uh, psychotherapist for many years. And she said to me, you know, you can't come stone to these sessions. And she said, because this is all about feeling your feelings, not numbing yourself from your feelings. And so that was the beginning of me feeling my feelings and uh, understanding that the reason why I used to smoke so much pot was because I was numbing myself from my feelings. I didn't have tools how to experience my feelings, how to articulate my feelings, or how to even acknowledge them without feeling like I was being selfish or self-indulgent. These were words that I used to use if I put myself into the equation, because I had spent the better part of my life from early childhood being needless and getting a lot of reinforcement for that. So I had to learn how to recognize my own needs and not um, make every decision uh, based off of what's best for the collective, but actually put myself in first position and make sure that it's good for me too. Uh, to become a well-rounded human being, you must, you must acknowledge who you are uh, and that it's, you're living your life and everything around you and everybody that you meet and everything that crosses your path and every experience that you have is opportunities on your journey of self-refinement. That's the point. It's a big classroom and it's for your benefit. When did Buddhism enter into all of this and what are some of the biggest lessons that it's um, helped you with? I'm going to take a zip of tea. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't grow up religious, although I am of the Jewish faith. In my family, we honored more the heritage, the struggles, um, the, the family the matriarch, uh, education. Uh, these are the things that I recall being a big through line growing up. We would get together for the holidays as a reason to be with family and friends and gratitude, but we'd almost never follow any of the rules. <laughs> and, um, and I remain that way. My sister, less so. She raised two daughters. She wanted them to go to Hebrew school. She wanted them to be bat mitzvah. I never embraced that. I think that there are many different belief systems that offer a lot of wisdom, and it's worth exploring them as they present themselves to you. 
if they resonate with you. So that was my thing. And then a girlfriend of mine, uh, one day gave me a book of Buddhist offerings that was like 365 days. So she said, I keep it in my kitchen because we always go into the kitchen first in the morning every day. And I simply turn the page. And it's another Buddhist wisdom offering from a myriad of different, uh, you know, sage thinkers. And um, not... And they may not even all be Buddhist, some may be Hindu, some may be, you know, but they're all dancing around that same kind of philosophy. And sometimes they say things, some are long gone and quite ancient, and others are walking right now with us. What is up, Impactivists? Hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and then we'll get right back to it. Remember, our sponsors are all hand chosen. We love these guys and think that they have something incredibly valuable to offer. So be sure to give a listen. A lot of these guys are doing special offers just for you. Hey everyone, I wanna talk to you about our sponsor, Fully. Fully is here to transform your workspace with furniture designed for health, flow, and balance. Whether you're shopping for yourself or your entire team, Fully is here to help. As you guys know, I'm all about finding ways to be more efficient and productive at work while also prioritizing my health. So when I heard that Fully offered desks that fully let you walk while you're working, I knew I had to give it a shot. It is absolutely fantastic for staying limber, for being able to keep the blood flowing to your brain and being cognitively optimized and working for long periods of time without any degradation of performance, which is what I'm all about. So giving these guys a try has really been transformational for me. And many of our team members have been sharing the Jarvis standing desk just to get some much needed exercise during a busy workday. The design of the desk is incredibly functional. It's super easy to use. It has plenty of space for all of my accessories. I have to admit, this thing is pretty amazing. You guys have to give this one a shot. And having a treadmill under my desk is not only a game changer, it's just really cool. It maximizes both my productivity and my cardiovascular health, helping me clock a ton of steps, which of course allows me to also gamify the day, which is a lot of fun for me. Instead of feeling chained to your desk in a cubicle farm or out of place in an open office, Fully has got you covered. Their collection of active chairs, Lounge seating, conference tables, room dividers, and other workplace accessories help recharge and replenish your energy throughout the day. Each of Fully's products helps to incorporate movement into your days in order to keep the blood flowing and your mind engaged. This is a big thing. It really works. If you find that your attention is slipping, man, jump on the sink, turn it up a bit, and you will find, boom, like that, you're going to be back and focused. Fully also prides itself on designing environmentally friendly and ethically manufactured manufactured office furniture. From product selection to helping with office space planning as well as free next day shipping, Fully is dedicated to helping you and your team bring their full active selves to work. So whether you're shopping for yourself or your entire team, Fully is here to help and help right now. If you act now, you can save $50 off the Jarvis standing desk when you visit fully.com impact theory that's fully.com slash 
impact theory for $50 off the Jarvis standing desk fully guys, everything you need to make your work flow. All right. This one's been a lot of fun guys. Give this thing a shot. Take care and be legendary. Hey everybody, I'm incredibly excited to tell you guys about our sponsors at Skillshare because as you know, I'm all about constant self-improvement, having a growth mindset and a relentless focus on progress and skill acquisition. And no matter what I accomplish, I always know my future is going to be bigger than my past. And the way that I guarantee that is by making sure that I'm constantly acquiring new skills. And the best way to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and just get lost in creativity is with Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth with thousands of classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life, so you can move your creative journey forward without putting your life on hold. You can learn and grow with short classes that fit your busy routine. For instance, they have an amazing class by Simon Sinek called Presentation Essentials, How to Share Ideas that Inspire Action. If there is Anyone that should be teaching that class, it is Simon Sinek. This is a perfect example of the unique classes you can find on Skillshare. You can also find classes on illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, entrepreneurship, and so much more. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month, and as an Impact Theory listener, you get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com forward slash Impact Theory and sign up. So guys, explore your creativity at Skillshare.com forward slash Impact Theory and get your two free months of premium membership. Enjoy this one, guys. Learning cannot be overstated in terms of its power. Get after this one. All right, take care and be legendary. Do you remember any of the ones that really hit you? Um, well, uh, over and over again, uh, being present is a very important thing. When so, you have to explain that to people, the notion of being present, this is something I think a lot of people, they get the words, they know each of the words individually, but when you string them together to be present, where I don't think it really lands with people, how do you explain that concept? Well, you know how people sometimes say, uh, where does the time go? Most of the time goes dwelling in the future or the past. And that's why it, time escapes us. The most important time is the now. But how do we stay in the now when the mind keeps wanting to ruminate about a conversation that annoyed you from three weeks ago? or you're fearful or anticipating or worried about a future that you have zero control over. So we spend a lot of time doing that. And a third of a life was sleeping. So, you know, there isn't really a moment to waste. Um, so being in the now, right now, is very important. So how do you do that? Well, that's why uh, some cultures promote meditating. What's meditating? That's a being 
very single-minded. So you're staying with what you're trying to focus on as much as possible. And then the mind's going to drift off and you're going to start thinking about what you want to make for dinner. And then you're going to have that awareness behind the thought, which is also something you cultivate and get better at, of, oh God, now I'm thinking about dinner. So let me go back to thinking about, you know, my breathing and maybe I might have a mantra that someone gave me or you could just say om, or you could just say love, or you could just say God, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Now, are you ever great at it? No, you're never great at it. Do you keep doing it? You try to keep doing it because in the doing of it, you begin to notice you're getting a little calmer. You're getting a little more aware. And throughout the day, you'll notice, oh God, I'm off in somewhere and I'm not in the present. So you do cultivate that ability more and more. Then the other thing is that I do and that um, I was taught to do, which is a very good tool, is look at them, look around you. Notice where you are. It could be that corner of my ceiling, the most mundane thing that I haven't looked at like forever and I don't really care about, but there it is. And it's uh, this line and that line. And suddenly you're pulled into the moment because you're forcing yourself to look at the mundane with wide eyed wonder. And that is being present. So whenever you find yourself in the future, or in the past, which is robbing you, of your precious life, pull yourself back into the moment by, if nothing else, noticing the mundane. Sometimes I'll be here in Los Angeles, we drive a lot, and I'm stuck in traffic. And back in the day, I would be like, oh my God, I got to get to where I'm going. And it's like, not anymore, because I'm a Buddhist, and the universe wants me to be here. So here is where I'm at. Okay, I can't control this. So I'm going to look around and notice where I am. And suddenly I see things that I didn't see before. I notice a flag blowing in the breeze. I notice, you know, the reflection on the ocean. I notice the driver next to me. I notice a car with a dog looking at me and I'm looking at the dog. And all of a sudden I'm in the moment. I'm not anxious that I'm not where I can't get to anyway. I'm dealing with what is, because what is, is, and nothing else matters. And the more you can do that in your life, the more you can be in the moment, that is the gift of living. And it protracts your life. It makes life, it slows life down in a very meaningful way. You've obviously put together a lot of really useful tools. And I know that I still can't believe this is true, but the, the night when you were raped, you actually had someone over for dinner who was also raped. Have you guys stayed in contact? Has she also developed tools? Have you guys um, supported each other through that? How has, has she, and you know, obviously you can only speak for her so much, but um, how has she dealt with it? We are still very, very good friends. I don't know uh, how she 
um, dealt, how she was affected by it, I should say, as compared to me. Um, because I don't think that she became as scared as I became. I don't know if she was as traumatized, but it wasn't in her home. So that's a significant difference because you feel safe. You should feel hopefully safe in your home. And I think that's probably the biggest chasm of difference between us. It wasn't her home. It was my home. She went home to her home. Right. I was stuck in my home and the home no longer felt as safe to me. I had to climb out of that pit. I got a lot of security. I live very defensively. Um, but, but also I had to learn how to get past that. This whole notion of safety I find really interesting, especially right now. I think that with um, you know a, a pandemic literally hitting, I think a lot of people are going to feel unsafe. Probably two things. One, just am I going to get sick? And then two, obviously financially. Having gone through cancer, which feels, I'm sure I, I haven't thankfully had it, but I'm guessing you do feel a sense that your body is somewhat turned on you. Um, how do you reestablish that sense of safety? You talk in the book. The book sort of ends at the first year of you um, having gone through this. And I know in that you, there was like a constant sense of, oh, my God, is it going to come back? Is it going to come back? Um, how do you reestablish that sense of safety in your own body? Well, I, you know, and I think that this is pretty true for most cancer survivors. You know, you get a headache and you think, oh, my God, brain tumor. You have a cough and you think, oh, my God, lung cancer. You know, it takes a while to trust your body again. And suddenly a headache is just a headache. A cough is just a cough. And a sneeze is just a sneeze. Um, again, you know, time helps you with that trusting your body. But, you know, one of the silver linings, and there were many uh, from the cancer experience, from every experience, and most of the best growing that we do comes out of pain, that's why they call it growing pains, uh, was that I founded the Cancer Schmancer Movement. And, um, you know, that's a great example of turning my pain into purpose and helping other people. And, uh, you know, one of the things about my uh, movement that's maybe different from other health nonprofits is that we're a very empowering organization and we're not looking for a cure for cancer. We're telling you what the causes are and how to eliminate them and what you need to do to bolster your immune system and how you need to focus in on your body so you become the thermostat of your body and realize when things are compromising it, when it's going off kilter, what you need to do to restore it and put it back to its perfect optimum uh, level. And this is a daily practice. And we're not really taught that anywhere in Western culture. And it's really, really sad because it's much more common in Asian cultures and indigenous cultures. And we've been dumbed down and numbed down to think that we have to uh, depend 
on uh, a, a, a pharmaceutical drug or an inoculation or your doctor or hospital to make you well when we have so much independent of that to help our bodies be strong so that we don't get sick in the first place. And so a thing that we always say is take control of your body. Um, And so, you know, even during these strange and challenging times of a pandemic, I think it's important that people know that food is medicine and bolstering your immune system is key to be able to resist viruses. We expose ourselves to a myriad of viruses each and every day. Uh, The reason why the species continues is because we have this amazing thing called an immune system. And we have to learn how to protect it, how to take care of it, how to nurture it, how to honor it, and how to honor our bodies. When you say to be a thermostat, um, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, like, for example, uh, a thermostat is something that you set the point that's the optimum comfort uh, temperature in your home, let's say 72 degrees. Okay, so then suddenly a door opens, a big wind comes in, and it drops down, but the thermostat recognizes that and clicks on the heat. Or suddenly there's a heat wave and the temperature rises. So the thermostat clicks on because it recognizes that we're no longer at the optimum temperature and it clicks on the air conditioning. Okay, so that's the function of the thermostat. In your own body, you, you're the intelligence. You are the thermostat of how the systems within your body are functioning. So if your boss yells at you and you didn't do anything wrong, you're going to be stressing. You have to have the intelligence to say, okay, I'm really stressed about this. That's going to compromise my immune system. So what am I going to do about that? Well, I can meditate. I can, you know, sit quietly for 10 minutes. I could take a walk out in the fresh air and feel the sunshine and listen to the bird song. I could amp up on my antioxidants, which is helpful. Take a couple of vitamin C, wouldn't hurt. These are the ways that you become the intelligent thermostat of your body. Always, always trying to keep mind, body, and spirit in balance and at its optimal checkpoint. Now, you know when you have felt like fantastic. It's like, ah, I feel so great. It's usually pretty fleeting, but whenever that is, that's what you're always trying to get to. And you do that by being mindful of mind, body, and spirit. So how is your mind controlling you or are you controlling your mind? What are thoughts are you allowing in? And then um, body, are you honoring your body? If you're tired, lay down. If you're, you know, if you're hungry, eat. What are you eating? What personal care items are you using? A cancer schmancer 
We have a very progressive program called Detox Your Home because the home is the most toxic place we spend the most time in and ironically have the most control over. So if you're eating industrial farm foods that's filled with pesticides and herbicides and GMOs and, um, and growth hormones and antibiotics, you are not doing yourself a service at all. And you're going to start experiencing a lot of things that you may not connect with the fact that you're eating food that's filled with toxins. But if you have arthritis, if you have autoimmune problems, if you have leaky gut, if you have skin problems, there are so many things that your body will express its unhappiness that you are ingesting and putting topically on toxins. Steer clear of that, all of it. And cleaning products, oh my God, you're doing yourself more harm than good. Yourself, your family, your pets, your garden. What are some big things outside of food that um, people are making just like super common mistakes on? um, Toothpaste. Toothpaste. If you're using a toothpaste, and most of the major brands, I would say, uh, that on the back says, you know, do not swallow or call poison control. Really? Is there anything more counterintuitive than that to something that you put in your mouth every day, usually a few times a day? Step away from that toothpaste. Just, you know, I don't usually tell people to throw things away, but... The mouth and the gums are gateway to dis-ease. So, you know, think, people, because if you're using anything that on the ingredients aren't just simple ingredients that might have grown in your grandma's garden, don't use it. You're one of the few people that I hear talking about um, grounding or earthing, as some people call it. Um, what are some of the, the positive things that people can do? So obviously, um, be careful what you eat, removing toxicity from your life wherever humanly possible. Um, what are some of the, the proactive things that they can do to be healthier? Well, when you mentioned grounding, so what, what is grounding? You know, when that third prong in your electric plug, that's a grounding plug. Why do we have that? Because the earth, that that's attached inside the socket, goes way down into the earth because the earth helps ground us. We are, we are uh, creatures of this planet. We are one with this planet and we need to ground ourselves with the earth's energy. We wear a lot of rubber-soled shoes. That disconnects us with the earth's energy. Walk barefoot more. Walk on the earth barefoot more. Walk on the beach more. There's a reason why people... Uh, you know, you go to, people like to vacation by the ocean a lot and it puts them into more of a state of relaxation because there are negative ions that come off of the ocean that decompresses us. Walking on the sand decompresses us because we're getting the earth's energy. So all that is part of grounding and having an awareness of reducing the electromagnetic fields. So that's, uh, you know, that's what, when we talk about grounding That's very important because you have to realize that the human body is all electrical. It's just a big energy field. And so 
what complements the energy versus what discombobulates it is part of why we experience dis-ease. And, uh, you know, it, we really have to pay a lot of attention to how to live a toxic-free life, to have an emotionally balanced life, to make kindness and compassion your compass. You know, these are the things that become a daily practice. And you're never perfect at it. Otherwise, you know, what would this life be about? And I just urge everybody to go to cancerschmanza.org because what we offer you, there's a level of such uh, informative video that you can view for free from some of the most outside-of-the-box brilliant doctors who went to medical school, drank the Kool-Aid, started practicing, began to think there's got to be a better way, got woke, and became the founders of functional medicine, which is what we at Cancer Schmanza align ourselves with now. And they're all there. We do an annual Masterclass Health Summit, and the one that we had just put out is there for everyone to see. We're trying to educate people through this time of, you know, the pandemic and empower them. One thing I'd love to ask you about in terms of um, sort of optimizing our, our human condition and you being a comedian and such an enormously successful one, how much does the laughter and the levity play a role in the healing process? Well, I'm glad you asked that because laughter definitely is the best medicine and that's been scientifically proven. I'm only watching comedies and cooking shows, which for <laughs> me is the equivalent of sucking my thumb and twirling my hair. And uh, we do believe that, you know, trying to be joyful in, uh, you know, harder times is a little more challenging, but it's when it's especially needed. Mm. And one of the things that I learned um, through all of my experiences is that side by side with um, with uh, despair lies joy. And uh, you just have to kind of look over for it and see it. Miracles abound everywhere. Even a tiny little flower growing between the crack of a, you know, of a cement um, sidewalk. It's, it's there. Notice it. Be present. Lift your spirits with the natural world. It's really uh, very um, soothing and healing. And uh, feeding into all of this in terms of uh, bringing a little bit of ray of sunshine in this super weird time, you've got your new show, Indebted. Uh, yes, thank you for bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, of course. So um, how, how are you That's feeling about That's on Thursday nights on NBC at 9.30, 8.30 Central. I love some of the cool things that you've done in terms of bringing the cast together. You said that you know, when you're doing a show, you really have to do things to bond, to come together, that a little touch uh, can go a long way. In, in this time where we can't connect in that way, how have you um, worked to keep either them together or other people in your life? What are you doing to, um, to stay connected with people? Well, you know, it's really interesting how all this social media and FaceTiming and Skype and 
and Zoom and all of these um, ways that we can connect with the outside world is factoring so heavily into our daily life. Um, so that's, I've been in gratitude for FaceTime for a long time because it's how I get to see my parents every day. And, uh, I feel so blessed that it was invented while I still have them. So that's, you know, the miracle of technology, but it doesn't, you know, hold a candle to being with your family, taking a walk, you know, playing a game together. Suddenly people are doing puzzles. You know, it's getting back to basics. And that's great too. Cooking, baking, eating together, talking, everybody watching a movie together on, you know, a stream network or something. It's all there for us. And it's going to be, you know, as much of a devastating time as it will be a, a joyful time if we allow it to be a time to reconnect, a time to let the planet heal a little bit from all the noise, from all the abuse, from all the pollution, a time to just self-reflect and dial everything back to a simpler experience of what life should be like. And if in this time people wanted to connect with you or any time for that matter, uh, what's the best way to connect with you, Cancer Schmancer? Uh, obviously you told people that the new show, Indebted, is uh, Thursdays, so check that out. But what's the best way to connect with you? Well, I'm on Instagram, official Fran Drescher, as well as uh, Facebook, which is also official Fran Drescher, and Twitter is just Fran Drescher. Not just, but Fran Drescher. Uh, and, uh, and that's a good way. I, I check in with that. I, I answer back to people, and, um, and it's a good way to know what's going on with me. And then, of course, cancerschmanza.org, which particularly now, it, that's so much got my you know, imprint on it everywhere. And I moderate interviews and it's just, it's such a great learning uh, opportunity and it's con comforting because all we do is empower you because knowledge is power. Now you're doing so many things in your life. What ultimately is the impact that you want to have on the world? Well, I, um, you know, I mean, I, I feel blessed that I'm able to make people laugh and I feel, uh, like particularly as a celebrity that has the kind of reach that I have and ability to influence people, um, I'm very grateful that I, you know, I, I apply it towards the greater good. I, you know, I mean, there are things that concern me and, uh, the way we look at our health, obviously that's a big one, but, you know, going to the mat for those who are marginalized and protecting animals and the planet and cleaning up our food. Well said. Well, guys, this is, uh, 
totally unexpected for me. I was shocked at the depth of her life and experience and how much she brings to her comedy and how much she is bringing to the world in terms of information and trying to help people avoid some of the difficulties that she's been through. It's really pretty extraordinary. I highly encourage you guys to read her book. It's phenomenal. Her shows are hilarious one after the other. Definitely check that out. Um, I'm grateful for everything you've contributed to my life. As I said, um, one of my all-time favorite films, UHF, um, absolutely amazing. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe here. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.